following sermon, entitled God's Gift of a New Song, was preached on the morning of May 14, 2023, at Hope Protestant Reformed Church in Redlands, California. If you enjoy listening to our sermons, we encourage you to come worship with us. For more information on upcoming service times and Bible study opportunities, please visit our website at hopeprc.org. Let's open God's Word this morning to Psalm chapter 40. Psalm chapter 40, we will read the chapter and the text for this morning's sermon will be verse 3. Psalm chapter 40. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee, If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is written within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, Thou knowest. I have not hid Thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared Thy faithfulness and Thy salvation. I have not concealed Thy loving kindness and Thy truth from the great congregation. Withhold not Thou Thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let Thy loving kindness and Thy truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. My iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head. Therefore my heart faileth me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to shame that wish me evil. Let them be desolate for a reward of their shame that say unto me, Aha, aha. Let let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. Thus far, we read God's Word. The text for this morning's sermon is verse 3. And He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear, and shall trust in the Lord. This morning, we had the privilege of hearing and witnessing a public confession of faith. And anyone who knows Victoria at all 
knows very well that she loves music. Victoria is one who regularly makes connections between the lyrics that she knows from various songs and the different things that she has learned and the different experiences that she has gone through so that, Victoria, there is no doubt there is a song in your heart and in your mouth. And therefore, when went pondering what to preach on for this occasion, it did not take me very long to conclude that it ought to be something regarding singing and the fact that God gives us a new song. And it's for that reason that we consider this morning Psalm 40, verse 3, where we read, He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. This is one of many passages in both the Old and New Testament that have that idea of a a new song embedded into it. And this passage gives us opportunity to explore that concept. What is meant by a new song when we read about that on the pages of Scripture? But what makes this passage especially appropriate for this occasion is that unlike many of the other passages that speak of a new song in which we're being called to sing a new song, this one is unique because it points us to the source of that song. Namely, it comes from God Himself. It's something that He works in us and gives occasion for. And that is appropriate because this passage then serves as a reminder that even as we can recognize a young woman in whom there is a song in her heart and in her mouth, ultimately we give thanks and praise to our God as the One who put that there, as the One who worked that in her heart, as well as the faith that she has confessed. So this morning, let's consider Psalm 40, verse 3, using as our theme, God's gift of a new song. First, we'll look at the occasion for this song. Second, the source of this song. And then third, the fruit of this song. God's gift of a new song. The occasion, the source, and the fruit. In Psalm 40, verse 3, David says that God has put a new song in my mouth. And if we're ever going to understand the idea of this phrase of this expression, we need to understand the occasion for this. And for the psalmist David, he had this new song in his heart because God had delivered him from some great danger. And that's what comes out in the context that precedes verses 1 and 2. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up, out, me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Due to his circumstances in his life, David felt as though he was in a horrible pit. Literally a pit of destruction. He felt as though he was isolated, cut off, engulfed in darkness, and in grave danger. And then he adds to that that he was taken out of miry clay. That is, he was taken out of muddy slime so that the idea is that this pit was a mud hole. And every attempt of David to climb his way out of it resulted in failure. He simply slid back down and sank into the muck, into the mire. 
So that the point he's making is that there was no way he could get himself out of this. There was no hope of escape. And in light of this language, we conclude that David was in grave danger. And now many commentators have tried to connect this psalm to some particular circumstance in David's life. The reality is we do not know what David was going through, but it is very clear that he was greatly troubled. That is, the circumstances of his life were very difficult at this time. He was in grave danger. But yet, his faith did not fail. That comes out at the very beginning of the psalm when he says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Literally, he says, waiting I waited. Indicating that David was looking unto God for deliverance. And that David had even called out unto God seeking deliverance. And evidently, that rescue had not come immediately. Did not happen in a moment. But yet, David's faith did not fail. He continued to trust. He continued to wait, trusting that God would indeed deliver him. God did exactly that. That's the point He's making in verse 2. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. There's a sharp contrast embedded into verse 2 so that whereas He said He was down in a pit, He says the Lord has lifted Him up and put Him on upon a rock high up. And whereas before He was in the miry clay in the slimy mud, He says that God has established His goings. That is, God gave Him firm footing upon which to walk. And this contrast in the language points to the fact that God had rescued Him. God had delivered Him. And again, we have no way of knowing what exactly this looked like. But it's clear that God saved David from whatever circumstances he was facing. And God did this in answer to prayer. David says in verse 1, He inclined unto me and heard my cry. This was a direct answer to David's prayer. And he uses a very beautiful expression. He says, God inclined unto me. That is, God in His condescending love stooped down to hear the feeble moan of His servant David. God delivered His servant David from some grave danger. And that then became the occasion for David to sing a new song. That's what stands behind this new song. So that David goes on to say in verse 3, and he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Having been delivered, having been rescued, David now seeks to glorify God. He seeks to give honor to this God. And the particular form that in which David is going to praise Him is in song. He will lift up his voice and using a melody, he will sing to his God. But what we want to focus on especially is that he speaks of singing a new song. A new song. And the question becomes for us, what is meant by that when we read that? Not just in this passage, but in many other passages. Well, the idea is this, that God gave to David an additional reason 
to praise Him on top of all the reasons He already had before. Certainly as God's people, we have many different reasons, many occasions for praising our God. But at times, He works in such a way that on top of all the ones that we already have, He gives us new reasons, added reasons, additional occasions to praise Him. And that's exactly what He does for David here. David already has a whole host of reasons to praise God in light of the salvation that He has more broadly, more generally, but then in light of all of God's faithfulness throughout His life. But now in light of this particular deliverance, this act of God's providence and His grace to rescue him from these distressing circumstances, David is saying, now I have one more reason on top of that to sing to my God. God gave him a new song, a fresh occasion for praising Him. Now that may mean that David also penned a new song. Maybe Psalm 40 is exactly that. The, the psalm that he wrote to commemorate what God had done for his life at that point. Or it could be that the point is he went back to old songs but with a renewed freshness to them. So that he was familiar with certain lyrics, but now they took on new meaning. There was a a vigor as he sung these old songs with a renewed understanding of what they meant. David sang a new song. And do not we have reason to sing a new song? We do. Because our God likewise has delivered us from the grave spiritual danger that we were in. It's true that probably none of us have been stuck down at the bottom of a literal physical pit filled with mud, but yet, from a spiritual point of view, that was the case. Because we are sinners. And on account of our sin, we deserve to be brought down to a horrible pit, to a pit of destruction, to the pit that is the grave, because we deserve to die physically on account of our sin. But worse than that, the pit of hell, where we would truly be isolated, cut off, engulfed in darkness. But praise be to our God, He's delivered us. And He's delivered us in and through Jesus Christ. And that deliverance is sprinkled all throughout this psalm. This psalm is really prophetic of Jesus Christ. It points us to Him. And that's especially evident when we get to verses 7 and 8, for example. There, David says prophetically, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of Me, I delight to do Thy will. O my God, yea, Thy law is within My heart. Those are the words of Christ. Those words point us to His obedience to the will of our God. Both the will common to all men, His moral law, the commandments, everything that He requires of us to do, Well, Jesus Christ did that. He did it perfectly, even as we're 
taught in Matthew 3, verse 15, which speaks of Him fulfilling all righteousness. This is what we're being taught when Galatians 4, verse 4 speaks of Christ being made under the law. He came to do the law and to do it perfectly. But not just the moral law that's binding on all men, but also the unique will of God for Christ as mediator. The will that required Him to lay down His life as a sacrifice for our sin with regard to that command of God, our Savior responded, I delight to do Thy will. Yea, Thy law is written within my heart. Christ obeyed our God perfectly. But it's not just verses 7 and 8 that point us to our Savior. Even the verses that we've gone over, verses 1 through 3, point us to our Savior. For did He not wait patiently when He was on trial before Herod, before Pilate, when He was enduring the cruel mockings Our Savior did not open His mouth. No murmuring came from God's patient Lamb. He waited patiently. And He waited patiently especially at the cross where for three hours He remained there. Really for six hours, but especially during those three hours of darkness. He waited until He had drank every last drop of the cup of God's wrath. And in that especially, He too was brought down into a pit. Spiritually, for He endured the agonies and the torments of hell during those three hours of darkness. Jesus Christ was the One who was isolated, cut off, engulfed in darkness, forsaken of God the Father. And then having endured that, He was brought down to the pit physically. For His body was brought to the grave. But in all of this, Jesus Christ was accomplishing our salvation. He was delivering us. Rescuing us from that pit that we deserve to go to. Lifting us up out of that pit and setting us upon a rock giving us firm footing, establishing our goings, giving us new life and the grace to walk accordingly. That's the saving work of Jesus Christ. And in light of that deliverance, we have every reason to sing a new song. A song of praise to our God for what He has done for us. And you might think, well, but that's just one reason, one occasion. You, you said this idea of a new song has to do with additional reasons. There's always fresh occasions to praise God. Well, is that not the case with the salvation we have in Jesus Christ? Because think about how multifaceted his, this salvation is. Think about the character of our Savior and all the different aspects of it. And the reality is that each and every one of them is a reason, an occasion to praise our God. That comes out, for example, in the New Testament. For example, in Revelation 5, verse 9, in John's vision of Jesus 
ascending up into heaven and taking that book of God's decrees and opening the book to carry out God's decrees, we read in Revelation 5, verse 9, and they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof, for Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood, by Thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. The saints in heaven sang a new song. Because another aspect of the salvation, the saving work of Jesus Christ had been accomplished. He had now ascended into heaven. He had sat down at God's right hands. And because He had fulfilled all the passages that spoke of that already, the saints now praised Him accordingly. They had an additional reason to praise Him because because of what He had done. And that then is a reminder to us that every time we learn about the saving work of Jesus Christ and we we understand something that we never really understood before, there's an aspect of His salvation that in some way seems very fresh to us. Well, that's an added reason to praise Him. We already have all these reasons. There's so much there already for which we should give thanks to our God and glorify Him. But then when we see something new, when we learn about something, whether it's in the preaching or in our reading, we say, I now have reason to sing a new song. Whether it's a a brand new song that I've never learned or uh, an old song, lyrics that are already new, but now they take on fresh meaning. I sing them with renewed vigor, with renewed enthusiasm. We have reason to sing a new song. And that primarily because of the saving work of Jesus Christ, but we do not stop there. Because there's further application to God's providential and gracious dealings with us throughout the entirety of our lives. That was the occasion for David to sing a new song. There was some particular circumstance. He was in grave danger and God rescued him. God delivered him. And so, in light of that act of providence, that act of grace, David now sings a new song. Well, the same applies for us. When, for example, we cry out unto God in a time of need and He hears our prayer. He answers it in a very concrete way. That's the occasion to sing a new song. When God rescues us from some sin, brings us to repentance for a a sin that had been a part of our lives, draws us back to Himself, that's reason to sing a new song. When God provides for us, perhaps in some unexpected way, the the budget was tight, struggling to make ends meet, but then all of a sudden, this just sort of got dropped into our lap and now we can make it this month. That's reason to sing a new song. When there's some trial in our hearts and lives, when life is a struggle and yet God upholds us and we can look back and we can see Him bringing us through it. Upholding us by His sovereign grace. And we see that then we have occasion to sing a new song. 
I already had all these reasons to praise him. And now in light of what he's done in my life, I have one more, an additional reason to lift up my voice and sing to this great God. And to do so out of thankfulness. Because that's the type of heart, a thankful heart, from which such a song springs. And that really points us to the source. The source of this song. The source, to state it simply, is a thankful heart produced by the work of the Spirit. Now there's two parts to that. A thankful heart and then produced by the work of the Spirit. Let's start with the source of this song is a thankful heart. Of course. That's clearly what we see in this psalm, even if it's not stated explicitly, even if the word thanks is not found in verse 3. That's obviously implied. David had been in great need. He was in grave danger. He cried out unto God. God heard him, inclined his ear to his prayer, rescued him. And now out of gratitude, he's singing this song. His, his heart is bursting with thankfulness for what God has done for him. The source of this song is a thankful heart. But now admittedly, that observation by itself is nothing earth-shattering. Anyone can see that by reading the psalm. But have you ever thought that this then could serve as a sort of diagnostic tool to help us in our own hearts and lives? Child of God, is there a song in your heart this morning? And you come to church eager to join your voice with the voice of everyone else in the sanctuary in praising our God? In the week gone by, was there a song in your heart that you kept humming or singing? Is there that burning desire to praise our God? If the honest answer is no, then what that points to, uh, points out is that my heart, rather than being filled with thankfulness, is instead filled with ingratitude. Because for the child of God, a thankful heart is going to manifest itself in a life of praise. Whether that praise takes the form of a song or some other form, it's going to lead to the glorifying of our God. So that a gratitude-filled heart leads to a praise-filled mouth. That's the connection. But now, if there's a lack of praise, if that's, if that's missing in my life, well, now we have this diagnostic tool that helps us work backwards and say, I know the problem. I stopped being thankful. I lost sight of all that God has done for me. And now I've 
My heart is filled with ingratitude. Is that you? Is that me? And so far as that's the case, the remedy then is to look by faith upon all that God has done for us. To see all of the reasons, all of the different occasions for praising our God. Because there are so many. That's the point of verse 5. Verse 5, the psalmist says, Many, O Lord my God, are Thy wonderful works which Thou hast done, and Thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto Thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. God has given us countless gifts. His blessings to us are more than we can number. And if only we would recognize this. And above all, that means remembering what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Take that diamond that is our Savior or His saving work and and turn it slowly and see every different facet, every single side of it, and let each and every one of them be reason to sing out unto this God. But then also remember all of His work in our own lives. Because He is indeed constantly at work in His providence and in His grace. But in our weakness, we fail to see it. We lose sight that it's His hand caring for us. And thus the remedy is to see with spiritual eyes of faith all that God has done for us. Because when we see that by faith, there will swell up within our hearts a sense of gratitude. Thanksgiving to our God. And in our gratitude, we will recognize there's nothing I can do to pay God back for what He has done for me. But I can say thanks. My lips can praise Him. But at the same time, be sure also to pray. That is, if there's a lack of praise in your heart and life, there's that lack of gratitude, the solution is to look by faith at what He has done for us in Jesus Christ. But... Part of it is also to pray because when it comes to the source of this, song, this new song of praise, while well, we can legitimately say that the source is a thankful heart, that's not the deepest explanation. Because the question becomes, where, the question becomes well, where does that thankful heart come from? And the answer there is that it's produced by the work of the Spirit. And that brings us to the deeper source of this song. A thankful heart, but then deeper, this thankful heart is produced by the Spirit. And that comes out in the specific wording in verse 3. And He hath put a new song in my mouth. Literally, He's given me a new song. 
And now that includes that he gave the occasion for the new song. And that's what we focused on in the first point of the servant. Here's a reason to praise God, but there's something more than just he gave me the occasion to praise him. Because when the psalmist says he put it there, he, he gave it to me, included is the idea that he worked this into me. And that then leads us to see the Spirit's work in our own hearts and lives. It's the Spirit of Christ who produces within us the the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, thankfulness, and all the others. Which in turn, manifest themselves in a life of praise. So that when we see a, a new song arising from the heart of a child of God, we recognize that the deepest source is the quickening, empowering, energizing, activating work of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who works in us the willing and the doing of that which is pleasing to our God. It's His work of grace in our hearts and lives. He puts that song in our mouths. And that by itself... It's a reason to sing a new song, is it not? Is this not one more additional reason to praise Him? Take all of the other works He's done and now add this one. The work of the Spirit of Christ in my heart to take a dead sinner. A sinner that was opposed to God, that was at enmity against God and to give me new life and to to fill my heart with love for God and a desire to praise this God. That's His work of grace. So that salvation from beginning to end is all all God's work. And when I see that, that too is reason to sing a new song. That applies very specifically to the occasion for this morning's sermon, a confession of faith. As we noted in the introduction, there's a new song in your heart, Victoria. Whether it's on account of your circumstances, whether it's on account of something you've read, a sermon you've heard, you often think back to lyrics that you've learned. They come to your mind with a renewed sense of meaning. And what this passage is reminding us is that 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 is evidence of God's own work of grace in your heart and life. And that's wonderful. So that this morning is not so much a celebration of a young woman, but it's a celebration of divine grace at work in her heart. And the work of the Spirit to not only work the gift of faith, but also to work in such a way that that faith expresses itself in a life of praise to our God. And this is additional reason to praise Him. But it's also reason to pray. Reason to praise and reason to pray. 
and to pray that God would continue this work of grace in our hearts and lives. And the importance of praying is brought out for us in the Catechism, which reminds us that in question and answer, sorry, Lord's Day 45, that God gives His grace and Spirit to those who ask sincerely in true faith. And the Catechism is drawing from a passage like Luke 11, verse 13. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? God gives His Spirit to those who ask. And we've just been reminded that it's the Spirit who works in my heart in such a way that He puts this song in my mouth. And now, that means if this song is absent, if it's lacking, if there's not that desire to praise my God, then we pray. We acknowledge, Father, this morning's sermon was convicting for me. I do not praise Thee with my whole heart, mind, soul, and being as I ought to. Forgive me of my lack of praise and work in me by Thy Spirit a thankful heart that manifests itself in the singing of a new song. But now to add just one more thing. Pray not only for yourselves, I pray for others that others upon seeing what God has done for us might likewise learn to fear and trust because that is the good fruit. The fruit of this song. And that comes out in the second half of verse 3. David says, He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. And now this, many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Many shall see it. That is, many will see what God has done in the heart and life of David, delivering him from destruction. But then also, the song that David's singing. They'll see and hear David's joy, his enthusiasm in singing this new song. They'll take notice of it. And the result will be that they fear. Fear in the sense of reverence. This God. Stand in awe of Him. Bow the knee before Him. Recognizing this is a glorious God. One who is strong and able to save. Who is willing to deliver. Which in turn leads to trust. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. They too will look to Him. Believe in Him. Wait patiently for Him in times of need. All this is to say that David is confident that all this is going to have an impact, a positive impact on the hearts and lives of others. There's going to be good fruit in those who know David. When they see what God has done for him in the new song that he is singing out from the heart, Is that not true to our own experience? When we see God's faithfulness in the lives of His people, whether it's His faithfulness that's recorded on the pages of Scripture, 
to the saints who are mentioned here by name or God's faithfulness in the hearts and lives of others, how He upholds us, He strengthens us, that leads us to fear Him. That leads us to reverence Him and to, it serves to strengthen our trust in Him so that we look to Him all the more fervently and we wait all the more patiently in time of need. That's the good fruit of this new song. Which stands as an encouragement for us to sing it. It stands as an encouragement for us to adopt the mentality of the psalmist in Psalm 66, verse 16. Come and hear all ye that fear the Lord, and I will declare what He hath done for my soul. Saints, let me tell you about His faithfulness in my own life. Let me recount for you His gracious dealings with me. That's what the psalmist is saying. Whether that takes the form of a conversation, whether it takes the form of a song, in the end, that part does not matter. But when we tell others what God has done for us, we can be confident God Himself is praised by that but also that it will have an impact that there will be fruit in the hearts and lives of others that they will see and fear and trust. And Victoria, I hope and pray that's encouragement for you. God has put a new song in your heart and in your mouth. Sing it. And keep telling others about the songs that at times take on new meaning for you. And do so to praise our great God and to encourage others to likewise trust in Him. The One who has delivered us from destruction's pit and the One who has set us upon the rock, Jesus Christ, our blessed Savior. Amen. Our Father in Heaven, Thou hast given us thousands of reasons to praise Thee. And we pray that by the power of Thy Spirit, we would take notice of them. We would meditate upon them. And in that way, our hearts would be filled with thankfulness. And we pray too that Thou will continue Thy work by Thy Spirit so that that thankfulness comes to expression so that it manifests itself in the whole of our lives, especially in praising Thee. Work this in our hearts by Thy Word and Thy Spirit. And hear this prayer for Christ's sake. Amen.